Hello and welcome to NCNA's Nursing Round, where we do the rounds on hot topics and other nurses' journeys. Today we have NCNA member Michelle Schmergi, DNP, MSN, RN, who started her own practice called Remote Health based out of Greensboro, where she partners with Triad Healthcare Network. My name is Chris Cowperthwaite, Director of Communications and Outreach with the North Carolina Nurses Association. Michelle, thank you for being with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So let's go over your uh, journey with remote health. How did you get started? And more importantly, when did you get started? Yes, yes. This is actually a, a, a really great story, I think, uh, and one that I am super proud of, but also has outdone my own expectations. So I am a, an adult nurse practitioner by trade, but I have specialized for the past 14 years in geriatrics. And, and so I saw that there's really not great options for people who are older. So over the age of 65, all the way through, I have a 108-year-old patient. So, so I thought, what, what if we redesigned uh, the clinical model and provided the care that patients really need at that point of life and really help coordinate all these different providers and provide accessible home-based care to people? And so I did this prior to the pandemic. So I left my job. I was an executive uh, vice president level at a home health agency. And uh, prior to that, I had worked in skilled nursing facilities and, and even founded my own company in my 20s. But I decided to kind of pull from all those resources and, and, and kind of really take a risk. And so I pitched this idea uh, to sort of the powers that be within Triad Healthcare Network. And, um, and, and the idea is this, that we provide nurse-led primary care, and then that care becomes a foundation for nurse-led urgent care and even nurse-led hospital at home. So I did all this prior to a pandemic, uh, or at least pitched the idea prior to the pandemic. And, and, and I kept saying to everyone, at some point, five or 10 years down the road, people are gonna realize that at a certain age, you no longer benefit from usual care. And in fact, hospital level care or clinical-based care can do more harm than good. And with the shift of the industry into accessible, timely, anything, groceries, music, uh, uh, you know, shopping, the Amazonification of the world, um, I thought, what if we did that for healthcare? So I spent three months, I left my job last December a year ago now, and spent three months uh, traveling the United States and researching what is out there and what's been done and 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 really found that we, we really need uh, to innovate and do something different. And then the pandemic hit. So I was actually flying back from Ohio uh, when, when sort of the world started shutting down in March and was then called upon by a cardiologist out of Cone Health who asked, could I manage uh, pretty critical cardiac patients in their homes while some of the cardiologists were repurposing themselves as intensivists and could I try to keep patients home and safe during the, the initial part of the pandemic? And so, um, so the premise for sort of nurse-led primary care is this interdisciplinary team uh, approach. And so we, I, I did a lot of doctoral research on teams and highly functional teams. And then I think the foundation of the team is really care coordination. And so who better than a nurse to care coordinate? And so I really think that that's kind of the purview of nursing, but we, but I wanted to be interdisciplinary uh, and inclusive of the healthcare team because at a certain age and really at any age, but, but really in that high risk vulnerable population over the age of 65, 
function becomes one of the bigger problems, not just medical, not just nursing interventions will really help patients along the way. So, uh, so my partner is a physical therapist. And so we managed patients for three months, just the two of us, um, and kept patients out of the hospital. Uh, we only had two admissions of 167 patients. And so from there, we sort of took off to the races. So then now I've been managing home-based primary care patients, all entirely nurse-led and keeping people safe and home and really providing them hope and peace in a really scary time. And so we're able to deliver care directly to patients in their home, keep them safe. We are keeping our nursing staff safe with PPE. We are um, care coordinating and interacting with all the specialists and finding a way to really change the care delivery model. So what do you think would have been the patient experience for these folks if you had not been already planning ahead with this type of idea? Yeah. So, and I think about this a lot, actually, because I am, I live in Charlotte and I am providing care and really changing care in a city that is not my home. And so I have this juxtaposition of being really innovative and providing a solution in a city that is not where I live. And, and I find it pretty heartbreaking. So I feel like I have this reality check constantly of what currently exists and what could be. And so um, I think that had patients, if patients don't have these resources, it's incredibly isolating. There's a lot of fear. People are afraid of what's happening. We've been treating uh, COVID patients in their homes. So, you know, with a little bit of education, and then I keep telling everyone, what a great time to start a nurse-led company uh, because, you know, viral illnesses are by and large, the success is predicated on the nursing care you receive. And so we've been really successful in providing that care and really elevating the profession of nursing to do what it was sort of designed to do, which is care for people when they are sick and help promote healing. So I think that if, if you didn't have that, it, it, it's a pretty, pretty scary time. And it, and it kind of breaks my heart, honestly. How do you see some of the innovations that you've come up with being replicated elsewhere? Or do you see that? I do. I do. We're becoming quite popular, uh, which is great. I, we have sort of too much work. <laughs> so anyone who's interested in a job, please reach out to me. But I think that it will become more and more the model. Most of the models that exist like mine are physician-led. And so we we're essentially competing with those types of models and at this moment doing really well. And so I think that this will have the potential to become sort of the standard and new model for both primary care through urgent care. And then we're beginning to dabble in hospital at home work. Obviously uh, starting a business like this in the middle of a global pandemic, there's no precedent for what you're doing or how it may or may not work. How do you see your business evolving as vaccines come along and people hopefully start returning to normalcy? Yeah, well, I think that even in the duration of a normal pandemic, a return to normalcy, I don't really see until 2022, if not later. And so I think we have a lot of time to set a foundation for change and innovation. And so I believe that the things that we are innovating with now will sort of become standard and really provide a different level of care for patients for the future. So I keep telling everyone that if you are not out there innovating right now, you are missing a huge opportunity. I am leveraging things like my collaborative practice agreement <laughs> waiver. Um, there are uh, multi-state licensure things that, that could be really useful right now. I've, I've been getting calls uh, from health systems in Georgia, Virginia, 
there's a lot of need for someone like me. So both nursing uh, at the RN level and nursing at the NP level are really that there's a huge need for folks like us to be out there delivering patient care and keeping people safe and, and, you know, preventing a lot of negative outcomes. One of the things that we see is that patients are afraid to go to hospitals or bricks and mortar locations. And so they're just sort of suffering quietly in their home, which is needless. So uh, I, you know, my mission is to get out there. One prevents the institutionalization of older adults, but also uh, find a way to keep people safe, give them that hope and peace that they're they're kind of really desperate for at the moment. So my sincerest hope, and I will do everything I can to use all that is within me to uh, make this the new standard. Is there a whole lot of convincing that you need to do with your patients that you can provide the quality of care they they expect or that they hope for? No, <laughs> that's been that's been one of the more surprising things, uh, and and I suppose. You know, the gift of the pandemic for the company has been people are looking for a solution and people are no longer uh, family members, children, you know, 60, 70 year old children are no longer putting uh, 90 year old parents in nursing homes or taking them out of them. And so they're trying to come up with a solution and our company provides them with that. So I really think that, you know, we just have to continue offering a, a different product for people because you know, if we can't change healthcare legislatively, we certainly can on the ground level. All right. Well, we're going to take this moment to take a quick rest in the break room for a snack and hear from our sponsor today. We'll be back with Michelle Smurgy in just a minute. Join hundreds of your friends and colleagues for an important day of nursing forward at the North Carolina General Assembly. NCNA's Day at the Legislature is coming up in April, and it's one of the best ways for nurses to advocate for patient-friendly policies at the state level. Due to the pandemic, we are splitting things up a little to accommodate everyone and make sure we put your safety first. We're kicking things off with a limited pre-event on April 7th, and then the main event will be on April 14th. Visit ncnurses.org today for all the details and to register before the March 31st deadline. All right, we are back with Michelle Schmergi from Remote Health out of Greensboro, where she partners with Triad Healthcare Network. Uh, we had just started talking a little bit about some of the regulations. Uh, she touched on it just barely uh, about the regulations involved with being an advanced practice registered nurse in North Carolina. So Michelle, talk to me a little bit about A, how you got to this point and B, how much better it could be with modernized nursing regulation. Yeah, uh, great questions. I This is one of my favorite topics to discuss. So how did I get here? I was under the extreme fortune of training under some incredibly visionary physicians when I started my practice who allowed me to be this sort of innovator and creator and uh, entrepreneur, which is some uh, kind of a new term I'm, I'm embracing. But so I had physicians who believed inherently that collaboration is essential for clinical practice and should not be paid for. That good clinical medicine demands collaboration and you shouldn't be doing it just for a paycheck. And so I have never in my clinical practice been charged a collaborative practice fee. And I have a physician who supports me and has been my supervising physician for the duration of my career and who allows me to just sort of think and innovate and, and in the hopes that I will create something that he wants as a service. He regularly says that, you know, um, as he is getting older, he is in my patient demographic over the age of 65. He says, I, I want us to create something that I want to receive 
as an older patient. Um, and so that's been my driving force this whole time. So because I've had that freedom and flexibility and a great relationship, which is unheard of. I mean, I don't know a single other NT who has had that experience. And because I've had that, I've been able to sort of float about and, and really think about the way healthcare is delivered and provide a product that consumers want, not just what, uh, you know, I, I speak a lot about, we have a healthcare system that is both provider centric and payer centric, and really the patient gets lost in all this. And it's, and it's a big crime to me. We're missing a huge opportunity for patients. If we have a model currently in the fee-for-service world and fee-for-service architecture that is uh, sort of consumer driven, we should be doing it better. We should be providing a better product and better outcomes, which we know we do not have in this nation. So I got here because I was sort of allowed to be different and, uh, and, and use my degree to the highest level possible from a group of physicians that have sort of endlessly supported me throughout my career. And so they, in fact, have even become huge advocates of full practice authority for nurse practitioners. And the reason for that is because there are so few people uh, that are trained in the physician model going into internal medicine and primary care and geriatrics. So they, they made a conscious decision to start training nurses. And so I have tried to give back and train nurses as well uh, in the way that I've been trained to really function at the full scope and extent of my license. So how much better could it be? So much better. If I did not have this burdensome requirement, I could hire more staff and provide the care in my model to a much greater degree. And, you know, I speak on behalf of my patients and older people really everywhere that there needs to be a better solution. And one of the ways to provide better care to older patients in their homes and in the community setting is through allowing advanced practice nurses to practice to the full extent of their license and education. So if we did not have these requirements that are set forth by law, we would really be able to do what's right for people in the community. And there's not anyone that can really argue with that. Everybody wants better care for their loved ones. If you're caring for a grandparent or a mother or a father, you're, you're aware of how broken the system is. Could another nurse practitioner take what you're doing and open up their own practice without that unique set of circumstances that you said yourself you enjoy? No. No, no, I, I think a lot. I actually, I've been trying to journal this, this whole process. I mean, just the things that happen to me on a daily basis are, are, you know, could be the foundation of a bestseller one day. I mean, it's, it's, it's really incredible how I've gotten to where I've, I've gotten to so, so young. I mean, I'm, I'm not even 40 yet. So, you know, call it what you will, but it's serendipity or divine intervention or something has paved the way for me to have this unique set of circumstances to do this. And I don't know of a single other person that has that luxury. Would the biggest barrier have been the collaborative practice agreement and financing that up front or something? What What's the biggest barrier for other folks, I guess? Yeah, I, I think just getting a physician to agree to that model. There's this, there's this really interesting, um, you know, I guess phenomenon that to provide the best level of care or uh, provide the best care to patients is through a physician, which is not true. Um, you can provide incredible clinical outcomes. In fact, we see our uh, readmission rates are reduced. 
and uh, hospitalizations in general reduced. Patient satisfaction scores are through the roof, uh, particularly for nurse practitioners uh, and specifically in the Medicare age population. And so there's been a, a tremendous breadth of research that has proven this time and time again, but there's still this narrative that exists out there that it's not the best way to deliver care. And I am sort of capitalizing on a moment when there is no other option. I don't know of too many, you know, physicians that are putting on scrubs in the full PPE and going into the homes, particularly when we know we have positive COVID cases. So we're out there doing it and, and doing sort of the backbreaking work that it's going to require to change this conversation. So it seems like a lot of, you know, there's there's physicians who may think that this is a great idea, but they just don't see any need to put their name on a piece of paper to be the official collaborative Yeah, I've had, I've had several, several numerous physicians, so, so many, uh, including the chief clinical officer of uh, Triad Healthcare Network, has been incredibly supportive and visionary of this model. And so I think that, I think that there are physicians out there that see the benefit and, and what could happen if we really delivered a different type of care to patients, really community-based, in-home-based, and nursing-based with care coordination. And so there are physicians out there that are super supportive, but the vast majority of them are at the end of their career. They're looking to retire. And this is hard work. I mean, you know, it's time-consuming and exhausting on some days, and um, people have too many needs than you can really address in a lot of times. And I say that with two-hour appointments. I'm, I'm hanging out with people for several hours in their homes. It's a lot. And so I think that it's going to kind of require someone figuring it out and setting it up and figuring out the logistics. But I, I will say I've had several physicians reach out uh, and are interested in joining forces or, or, or participating in the model. I was going to say, you you said your supervising physician now is uh, in your patient bracket. Do you have a succession plan for if he decides to retire soon? I do not have a great succession plan. Um, and, and, and I think if one thing keeps me up at night, it's that. I've had a physician out of New York offer, but he is not boarded in the state of North Carolina. So um, I, and then, and then quite honestly, to do what I'm doing and to really innovate and to change the care model, I need to be given a, a significant level of autonomy, which is, I think, pretty hard for a physician to kind of take a back seat to me as a nurse. And so th that's what I really need to be able to be successful. So I'm just sort of racing against the time clock and, and hoping that he'll be with us as long as possible. I, I, I honestly think that he'll stay in the workforce for quite some time, just part time. But, you know, none of us really know how, how many more days we have on this earth. So, so that's something that keeps me up at night. Well, it's fascinating. Well, thank you, Michelle, for sharing your story. This is this has been a really interesting conversation. Is there anything else that, that you'd like to add? Anything you think we should have touched on that I didn't think to ask you about? I would I would say uh, just nursing. I, I'm really concerned about nursing in general at this point. We are seeing, at least from my vantage point, nurses really rising to the call and yet not being supported nearly in the way that I would hope for nurses by administrators and by uh, top executives in the healthcare system. And so I really hope that we can support nurses and do what's right by the people delivering the frontline care and carrying us through this pandemic on their backs. Um, we have got to do what's right by nurses. And so I hope that this is some 
call to action to, um, you know, get nurses protected, vaccinate nurses, get the appropriate PPE, allow appropriate breaks. Uh, you know, many of the nurses I know are working constantly. And then many of the NPs I know have lost their jobs through this, as um, especially in primary care, people aren't showing up to offices anymore. So I would just hope that um, we help maintain this workforce through this incredible, unprecedented time. It's, it's, a, it's an important thing. I don't think you'll find any of our listeners would disagree with any of that. It's long past time for, for folks to look out for the nurses who are looking out for them. Yes. Yeah. So right, well, it's tremendous work. It's, I've seen the most amazing things uh, from nurses in the past nine months. It's been, it's been wonderful. I'm, I'm so proud to be a nurse. Well, that's a fantastic way to end. Thank you, Michelle Schmerge. Uh, We appreciate talking to you and we will see you all on the next round. Continue to lead nursing forward until then. 